Hello and welcome to Saskatchewan Matters from Martin Charlton Communications. This is episode 30 of the most influential weekly podcast to come out of the Saskatchewan business community. On each episode, Paul Martin, business commentator and the chair of Martin Charlton Communications brings us the stories behind the headlines and explains why each story matters to you. On today's episode, in the recent hit movie Encanto, we don't talk about Bruno was a very big theme, but it was knowledge which was lost in a previous generation. And the reason why he was never discussed was, well, never discussed until something went horribly wrong for the family. So, a bit like the movie, should we talk more? Paul, what's your thoughts? Yeah, you know, the notion of family meetings is one that uh, for a good part of my adult life really didn't didn't come into my thinking at all and it was uh, for a couple of reasons one is because we never had one when i was growing up so i never knew they existed but later on i began to realize through my work with tech uh, just how powerful these things can be and i like to describe it as strategic planning for families we certainly do it like crazy in business and so why wouldn't we take that into our personal lives if uh, planning ahead and laying out objectives and goals makes sense corporately and commercially, why wouldn't it make sense personally as well? So that's kind of where I come from on this thing. And as we began to explore and experience uh, what would happen with the family meetings, I began to realize just how powerful uh, these are as an instrument of, well, on many levels, what is just simply pure old fashioned communication among family members, there is a dynamic that happens in a family meeting that seems to take down barriers and allows people to communicate more freely. But secondly, also is kind of like planning, like getting organized. And so I, I, you know, become a big advocate of it. I've, I've seen how strongly it works. I've used it in my own family. And I have to tell you that when we did it uh, with my own, I have two children. And when I did it with them, when they were much younger, they're grown up now and have their own kids. But it was remarkable how seriously they took it. And they actually, uh, you know, well, let me put it this way. First of all, they were teenagers, mid-teens, so say 13 to 14 years old, 15, somewhere in there. They'd never, ever been invited to a meeting before. They'd never been on an agenda they had never been given the floor. And so they took that seriously. And, you know, the discipline came from uh, mom and I and, and how we handle this thing, because the agenda for this particular meeting was to share family goals. So, uh, and, and that meant personal goals. And so here's the trap that parents can run into, you know, your kids lay out a goal. I want to be an influencer on, uh, on the social media. And, you know, you have to be cautious that you don't go into the meeting with the view of, I'm going to tell you what dad's goals are for you, kid. No, this is about whatever the kid's goals are. And you have to understand they're still kids. So they're still shaping this stuff. So the point of the meeting is to say, I am not here to criticize or provide a critique of the goals and objectives and aspirations that you have as a young person. Our job here is to find out what they are so that as a family, we can come together and help each of us achieve those goals. 
So I'm not here to decide what your goals are, but I need to know what they are so I can help you get there because you never know mom or dad might actually have some, something to contribute to you actually achieving it. We may know someone, we may have had an experience, we, whatever. I mean, mom and dad can bring things to the parade, but the point is these meetings uh, with this particular agenda is one about laying out the goals and secondly, supporting the, each other in achieving those goals. And I think it's uh, incumbent on mom and dad as well to lay it out and to uh, do much the same thing. And I know growing up myself, there was a great reticence and a reluctance on the part of, you know, the generation ahead of me to share anything to do with finances. Family finances were just never talked about. I mean, I was shocked. I remembered, you know, when I was about 13, going with my dad to open a bank account and uh, they asked him what his income was. Well, it was a shocking number for me to hear that. I had no idea, you know, what, what he got, because it was not something we talked about. And, and I thought, well, you know, that was insightful in learning just in its own right. And, but then also if families don't talk about money, you end up in money trouble down the road because they don't understand things. They, you know, kids expect things that there's all of the whole business that comes with it. They really don't know where we fit into budgeting and planning and, you know, why is my house not as big as the neighbors or all of those kinds of things that, you know, I need new clothes and they, well, you don't understand. We don't have any money for new clothes. And, and, you know, while I was growing up, it was a very small town and was, uh, we lived at, I, I actually went to school in a one room schoolhouse. We had six grades in there and you could tell when something big happened because there were mostly farm kids. There was two or three of us who lived in the town and the rest were farm kids came in on the bus. And if some kid had new clothes and say, what was up? Cause it wasn't a hand-me-down. What's with the new clothes. I said, well, dad sold a cow yesterday or something. You know, I mean, that drove home the economics of, of agriculture in a really big way for us that if you sold a piece of livestock, then all of a sudden you could afford new shoes. And, uh, but that was about the extent of the knowledge that we ever gained. It was all through osmosis. So it wasn't particularly insightful. So when I saw these family meetings start to happen, I began to realize that, you know, you don't have to lay out the, the, the kind of a ledger or a, a financial statement, but some generalities often offer some insight and they begin to shape the attitudes that young people have towards finances, uh, because without information, they will simply make it up uh, or get it off television or something. But I also saw this. So I'll continue on this theme of this first agenda item. Don't let me forget about a second one, which is back to the money piece. But it uh, it really was around one of my uh, tech members took this idea quite seriously and decided he had two teenage daughters at the time. And he said, you know, we're going to really dig into this. And he had an annual conference in Asia. So he, you know, would run off to this conference every year. And he decided, no, in the future, I'm going to include incorporate a family meeting into this. And so take the family members. So uh, his wife and two daughters came along with him, and, and so he would do his business part. And then they would, the last weekend, they would go and, and get on a family excursion. So one year he decided that they would go to Cambodia and he had taken the, uh, the kids and, and his wife to the killing fields. So perhaps, you know, one of uh, humanity's lowest points, uh, you can count four or five of them on your hand. And I don't know that you can really, when you get to this kind of 
depravity really measure which is the worst of the worst but i mean it's it's right up there where you see the pyramids of skulls and this kind of stuff so it's kind of a low point in human existence and then to conclude the day they stayed at a five-star resort on the thai cambodian border so he said the juxtaposition was really quite powerful in the sense of the worst that humanity has offered and then the five-star resort which is kind of like the best that humanity has to offer and 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 so then they had the meeting and in the meeting he actually did an exercise and he gave them all a sheet of paper and he said draw a picture of the family and so the youngest drew a picture of dad at work so he said here it was the youngest one provided the deepest insight you know that there wasn't life balance for him and uh and so i thought boy when you can come away and the 13 year old is providing the deepest insight into the uh, the whole family conversation that's probably an exercise worth doing i know in, in subsequent years they went to other parts of asia they went to uh, vietnam once and they went in the tunnels uh, from uh, the, the remnants of the vietnamese american wars uh, they uh, you know and again the juxtaposition of, of a high-end resort. And so it was powerful in that, uh, you know, those kids have grown up now and are off, they've gone off to university, they've graduated and are into their careers. But I would argue that they've, they've been launched in a, in a stronger way than many because they had the opportunity to sit down and, and have what you could call more than a grown-up conversation, but one that is putting the family's role in life uh, sort of in contrast to some of the other things that are going on and to try and provide some sort of an assessment of it well the forum that allowed all of that to happen was the family meeting and i think that agenda of working around goals and and what is our family and just getting the communication to uh start and to get opened up i think is really quite a powerful one the uh, the second agenda item that is another one that if you're interested in this you might want to give it some thought and this comes perhaps for those later in life, but you know, to get more deeply into the family finances in the sense of estate planning. Uh, most of the time, you know, and I hear this way too often from financial professionals that I talk to on an ongoing basis in my role as a business commentator and to someone in business, is there will be a family member who passes away and they will discover what the finances are when they open the will. They have no idea. And often it's depressing. It's not very often a pleasant surprise. For the most part, it is, uh, you know, it can be the source of great fights and a lot of discontent. And, and so there are some resources and tools that are available to this. One is a movie I would recommend very highly called The Ultimate Gift. And it talks about, uh, you know, an estate and, and the very wealthy individual passed away has a pretty big cast in it uh james garner brian dennehy some big names but uh you know the storytelling is really around uh what's important in life and what where money is a tool rather than a than something simply to accumulate and uh, it i've had uh, some of my tech members actually sit down and, and do the exercise of, of laying out they go through all of the work professionally of estate planning and doing all the tax advice, you know, getting tax specialists in to help them figure out how are they going to dispose of the assets and how do they convert them into, you know, some sort of liquidity event and convert assets into money and all that stuff. Tom Deans, uh, the uh, presenter out of Toronto, he's one of the best experts on 
on transferring family businesses from one generation to the next. He has some books he's written that's a very good resource. Um, and you know, if you go check on uh, our uh, mynewsroom.ca, I've done a couple of interviews with him on this topic. So if you uh, are interested in it, there's a, a couple of 10 minute video interviews with Tom on, on this stuff. And he's seen you know, some of the worst that you can imagine. And he talks too about, about some of the classics in Canada. I mean, the, the Timothy Eaton estate's a pretty good one where, you know, he decided he would live past the grave. So he tied up everything in a trust and then the family couldn't even sell it. And it, when it finally went south, it was blamed on the kids, but it really was the kids had no choice uh, because Tim had tied it up, you know? And, and so uh, I've, I've seen it where th this can be a very touchy topic too. Uh, where families start to discuss the stuff. I remember one tech member telling me that he had brought his kids in and they were all, you know, adult children in their late thirties or whatever and forties. And he flew them all into Calgary because they were all across Canada. And, and that was kind of central for where they were. And he said, I started to lay out what was going to be left over, right. You know, one sort of what he and his wife had planned and how they were going to structure all of this. And he said, my second son got up and walked out of the meeting. They booked a hotel room. So they were in a, in a, you know, kind of a meeting room at a hotel and he left. And so he said, I had to run out in the hall and catch him. And I said, what's up? And he said, I just can't be in the room when you talk about being dead. And so, you know, there was a, a pretty powerful emotional thing too. I mean, the money is supposed to be cold, calculating, no emotion whatsoever. And yet it still touched, you know, there was a family nerve that got touched in all of this. So, and, and, you know, anytime you have that kind of reaction, it says to me that you're touching a nerve that's kind of important. And that's, that's why I guess the, the notion of a family meeting really resonates with me. I've seen it in a very powerful, uh, have a powerful effect on people that I respect and I know are very skilled and adept at what they do in the world of commerce. And it was moving to them. And I think, well, you can't just ignore something like that. You have to actually embrace it a little bit, study it. And I think this is a, you know, something I would encourage anyone to do. You've mentioned some very good resources there. Um, it was only in the last couple of weeks I was looking at the BMO website and they've got a, an advice piece on, on this exact topic. And one of the tips that they really brought to it and that you've already touched on that I just want to reiterate is the importance of being aware of your abilities when it comes to communication with your family members, when it comes to listening, when it comes to giving other people space to have their voice heard of the younger generation or of just different generations and giving people the time uh, and, and, and elements like that are, are very are very important so that we know that we're not only heard, but we're respected regardless of where we sit age-wise within the mechanism of a family. Oh, it's true. And, you know, there's also one other thing to watch for that I've learned over the years watching these is uh, blood. So you have to make a decision. Uh, for example, if you have adult children, uh, do we invite the spouses of the adult children to the meeting? Are they part of the family or not? And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to that. I think it has to fit for, uh, you know, every circumstance you'll have to, every family will have to sort them out for themselves. But, you know, for some, I'm sure they think uh, there's no guarantee that marriages last forever. So, you know, we don't bring in the outsiders. Others say, no, no, we signed on for 
till death do us part. So we bring them in. I, you know, that's just one of the things to look at. There's also another resource that is useful in the family transition of business uh, that uh, the used to be called the Canadian Association of Family Enterprises. It has a new name now. I don't remember what it is, but Cafe is the old name. And they had produced a publication uh, and it was around uh, the notion of fair versus equal. They have three kids. And this is a big, 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 big one in Saskatchewan because the family farm is usually uh, the, the kind of carved up uh, the you know, the entree at dinner and this thing. So you have three children and only one wants to stay on the farm. So you give that kid the farm and then the other two get paid out in cash, their equal share of what the value of the farm is. So here's what happens Two get cash, walk away, no risk. One gets handed a business that's just been mortgaged to the gunnels to fund the payout for the other two. And we called it equal. Yeah, it was equal, but it sure as hell wasn't fair because one of them is carrying way more burden than the other two and way more risk. So this becomes a very touchy area, uh, you know, because a lot of times they want to keep the farm in the family lineage somehow, but it isn't necessarily as simple as it looks. And then there's tax implications and all of that stuff that goes with it. So if there's a moral to that story, it's make sure you get some professional guidance on this and don't just go by the, by, you know, your gut instinct, because no doubt you will actually create more fractures in the family than you will, you know, in your best effort to be fair, you will create distortions and inequities and actually have the kids end up fighting rather than being pulling in the same parade and feeling they got the same treatment by their parents. Paul, this is really useful because I think that if there's something that I've learned from going through many different family dynamics when it's come to uh, business and family, opening businesses, closing businesses, businesses that have transferred from one generation to another and a family trust with uh, a, a legacy um, from four generations, five generations ago, you, you get to see the importance of these meetings and not just leaving it to the advisors and the parents, it's got to be a bigger piece for us all. And I would I would not argue, but I would suggest there is a level of responsibility on all members of the family to come together so that when those times do come, there are no surprises or there are minimal uh, implications of conflict because that's not gonna be healthy for anyone moving forwards in in the future, in the future of the business or in the future of the uh, relationships between the siblings themselves. Paul, thank you so much for this. Um, CafeCanada.ca is still the website that uh, Paul was referring to on that one. Um, if you want more information, uh, do just check out the description of this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Saskatchewan Matters from Martin Charlton Communications. Do share these insights that power Saskatchewan with your friends and colleagues.